the ACDC Beyond the Thunder podcast. It's time to power up. Introducing your host, Kurt Squires, with Greg Ferguson and Eric Deal. There's going to be some talking at the show tonight. Welcome, everyone, to ACDC Beyond the Thunder. It's the end of Season 3 bonus episode. I'm here with your hosts, Kurt Squires and Greg Ferguson, and this is another opportunity at the end of a very successful, diverse, and interesting Season 3 to turn the tables and talk a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes here. Welcome, Greg. Welcome, Kurt. How you doing? Hey, Eric. Doing great. Doing great. Great to see you guys. And Same hear here. You. Yeah, yeah. Same here. So I had to I had to go back and, and really look at season three and try to remember everything that we accomplished. It's been a while, and um, it was really packed with some good stuff. I mean, we had Daryl McDaniel, Susan Messino, Jonathan Kraft, and Simon Wright, and they were all really excited to talk to us. It was a great season. Yeah, I enjoyed the diversity of it all and the 50-50 of unearthing some archival stuff and... Yeah getting some new stuff in there. You know, the, it's always great to uh, see what's going on out there now, as opposed to when we were doing these interviews originally, Greg. So I'm glad we're doing that. Seriously, like unearthing all these old interviews has been really kind of refreshing too, to kind of go back and hear what people had to say a few years ago. And, and you know, a lot's changed, but a lot hasn't changed at the same time. Yeah, I, I remember fighting you guys because it was your idea of doing some new interviews. And I'm like, no, we have to, we have to unleash this vault first. We have to get these out to the world. But it's been a nice mix, I, I have to yeah. admit. It's the slow release. And what a great new interview to start with in Daryl McDaniels. I mean, he was so enthusiastic and yet at the same time a little vulnerable because he knew that there's a lot of big ACDC fans that listen to the show. Yeah, pure excitement from him. And also, you know, just learning a lot about what influenced him as a kid and, and how his kind of career circles back to ACDC in a way. And the solo Dallas episode, who'd have thought that was a big one. A lot of listeners dug that episode. And I think it was fun being a human jukebox of ACDC. Too. He, <laughs> well, he was I think amazing. We, we definitely have our share of, of techies and gearheads listening. So it was good to, good, good to feed them some good info. Another highlight for me was outside of the interview is I think just after we did the Simon Wright uh, episode, Kurt and I here locally went and saw the Dio documentary and there appears Simon Wright after the credits. It was pretty cool. Yeah, actually, the the sad part about that was uh, a lot of Simon stuff hit the cutting room floor. Even at the theater, they played all of those outtakes. There was some really funny stuff in there, so... Um, hopefully those are extras on the DVD. Does anyone watch DVDs anymore? No. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I do. I do. I watch all those extras. So well done, Simon. Yeah. And one of the best things about uh, the season wrap up is uh, when we do these behind the thunder episodes is getting to thank our fans and, and get some feedback and go through some of the listener questions. Um, so thank you all for your support. And uh, why don't we jump right in here with the first letter. First question is from Alex Gale in Sydney, Australia. Alex says, hello, guys. Love the show and have been a longtime listener. Would there be a chance of getting any of ACDC's live production crew in for an episode? It'd be great especially to hear stories from Rick St. Pierre from his years working with the band and even some gear nerd stuff. Cheers. Love your work. 
first off, thanks for uh, writing in, Alex. It's always good to hear from our listeners and uh, always fun to hear what you guys want to listen to. So, um, you know, as we know, we try to diversify our, our lineup every season and, and our guests and really from celebrities who've been in, influenced by ACDC or it's changed their lives or, you know, try to get those interviews from inside ACDC. And those, those are kind of the tricky ones. Um, and I think your idea of Rick St. Pierre is a great one. Um, he's a, he'd be a perfect guest for our show. And uh, there's a fun YouTube video out there of Rick with Scott Ian. Um, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen it, but it's, it's cool. It's, it's backstage before an ACDC show. And Scott Ian is playing Angus's SG. Um, yes. And just the look on his face and is like a kid in a candy store. He's so happy. Like that's his Zen moment, just playing ACDC riffs on Angus's guitar. So I, I think so cool. Rick would be perfect for the show. So Rick, if you're listening, give us a shout. We'll have you on. Absolutely. We also received a letter to reach out to Tana Douglas, who is Australia's first female roadie that worked with ACDC back in the early days, who I believe has a book out now to, uh, to promote. So perhaps a good idea. Yes, there's lots of behind the scenes people we'd love to include. In fact, season four, a little teaser will likely feature. Wait, there's going to be a season four? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what? I hope there's a season yeah, of four. There will be. Man, it's a lot of work, guys. <laughs> well, season four will likely feature a member from ACDC's crew who's been with the boys since 1990, believe it or not. Uh, we reached out to this trusty crew member, and he received a thumbs up from Angus Young himself to do the show. So what an honor. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Letter number two. Yeah, letter number two is from Robert Kropp in Austria. Ooh. Robert says, Howdy, greetings from Austria. I just started to listen to your podcast and really enjoy it. It is well-produced, has high-end audio quality, and to me it captures all the feeling, fun you're having doing this. It feels like being in the room, having all the fun with you. Keep all the great stuff coming. Shazbat Nanu Nanu. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Well, hats off to you, Eric, for, you know, making everything sound as good as it can possibly sound and, and uh, keeping those heavy decibels coming up from that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Eric. You are the man. You're, you're keeping the train running on the tracks and uh, you're responsible for making us sound good and taking out all the ums and ahs and everything in between. If you heard the raw interviews <laughs> before we turned it into what it is on the air, you'd be amazed. So thank you, Eric. I'm a round of applause for Eric. Yes. Uh, thank you very much. No, it's a pleasure working with you guys. And uh, ultimately, just like the band, it's about getting the listeners um, something they want to keep coming back for that is consistently good. And, uh, you know, because especially during pandemic, we've done a lot of remote interviews and some of the source material wasn't intended to be recorded for a podcast. And so sometimes it's challenging, but uh, super fun and uh, look forward to uh, keep going. Thank you. God bless you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. This is letter number three. It's from Amelia in Hamilton, Ontario. Amelia says, the story behind your journey of making an ACDC documentary while trying to get the band's approval is as fascinating as what you were able to do by turning it into a podcast for listeners around the world. Thank you for that. 
Along the way, did you ever run into trouble with the band or management while attempting to get approval for the film? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> not really. Have we, Greg? Well... I think when we're together, Kurt, we usually cause a little bit of trouble. I mean, that's just our MO. <laughs> that's true. Very true. Yeah, but when it comes to like ACDC and, and the management, I mean, we've always really tried hard to play nice and um, do the right thing. And, and, you know, there was that one time where we nearly got ACDC's opening act, Anvil, kicked off the tour. Do you oh, my that? God. That's right. That's right. The gr- you know what the greatest thing about that whole incident, incident was? Is that... Anvil agreed to do the interview outside the stadium, <laughs> day of the show, they come out, and then management shut it down during the interview, and <laughs> then Lips and Rob came back over afterward and said, they didn't care if they get kicked off the tour, they still <laughs> want to do the interview. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, I think you and I were terrified. We got them kicked off the tour that night, but you know, sure enough... We walk in, we go into the show at Gillette in front of tens of thousands of people, and there's Lips doing his thing. I mean, he's <laughs> he's got his dildo against his guitar and, you know, <laughs> dropping F-bombs every other sentence. It's uh, They stayed on the tour. We didn't get him kicked off that time, which Thank is great. God. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing that Angus had seen the Anvil documentary, and because he is a film buff, loved what he saw and loved the whole underdog story. So we put him on the bill during the North American leg of the Black Ice Tour. A huge win for Anvil. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So let's listen to this never-before-heard interview with Lips and Rob from Anvil. <laughs> well, at least the very little you guys were able to capture before it got shut down by ACDC's group. <laughs> well, actually, we're not that far apart as one might think. That we are considering we come from the same era, probably about the same age, I think. We were influenced be- before our first album by ACDC. And in fact, we have a song on our first album called ACDC. It wasn't necessarily that that the song was like an ACDC song. The actual chords to the song were ACDC, okay? So the thing that was like ACDC was the fact that the tempo, you know, it's one of those kind of- And a good backbeat. Good backbeat, stomp, feel. So all those things, so yeah. ACDC have influenced us, although I would have to venture to say they've influenced just about everybody. But in wow. 1977, we went to see yeah. ACDC opening up for UFO. With Bon Scott. We actually met the and original. Went back yeah. I, mean, I met the original uh, lineup back in the day. They were, and they were great guys. They were, they were great. I can't remember much. He was <laughs> semi drunk. And uh, he was very friendly and nice guy. That's what I really remember. Tell me some story about being a roadie for the band, ACDC, is what I, I remember. I think that, that Brian was. A change from Bond, not a replacement. And that's, that's why it worked. I think the worst thing you can do is, uh, I'm going to replace this guy. No, you don't replace him. 
you get another guy who has his own identity. And I think that that's what ACDC did. I think that's what's been was so successful about the, about the transition, is that Brian brought something new and fresh, but yet was able to perform the old stuff. Perfect. Wow. Nice little flashback, huh, Greg? Yeah, yeah, nice editing on that piece, Kurt. I remember that scaring me half to death, seeing them in the background shutting it down. <laughs> the I, golf cart pulls yes. up, four people get out. <laughs> You're like, well, what's going on here? Oh, no. You know, years later, I ran into Lips and Rob at an award show in London, and we were reminiscing about that crazy incident when Chrissy Hine of The Pretenders comes up and interrupts our conversation, and she tells the guys how much she loved their documentary. And after she walked away, Lips and Rob lost their minds that A, Chrissy Hine knew who they were, and B, <laughs> she came over just to talk to them. And I was like, oh my God, they were absolutely starstruck by that moment more than being at the awards show. So it's too funny. She was a badass at the Taylor Hawkins uh, tribute show, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. she was. Yeah. yeah. She's a rocker, for sure. All right, gang, on to letter number four from Riff Raff, Mr. Riff Raff in Lockhart, Texas. That's a cool name. It is. <laughs> Where'd you get that? <laughs> hey, guys, love the podcast. I was curious if you have ever tried to interview FIFA Riccobono. I am sure she has some amazing stories regarding ACDC. Keep up the great work. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thanks, Riff Raff. And, you know, you're right on target because we have, in fact, reached out to FIFA and... Those who don't know the name, she was the CEO of Albert Music in Australia for about 40 years, and incredibly, the first female CEO in Australia ever. In Australia? Yes. That's crazy. In Australia. Wow. Well, yes, FIFA gracefully said, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, I'm not sure that I will take you up on your kind interview request, but... We'll think about it a little more. I wish you continued success with your podcast. It is a real pleasure listening to it. All the best, FIFA. How cool is that? Oh, hey, cool. Just let down so gently, though. It was kind of nice. <laughs> so she's saying... You got to love FIFA, though. It's, you know, I say we fly to Australia, Kurt and Eric, and, and we buy her a drink and convince her to come on the show. What do you think? I'm there. I, I like that idea. Yeah. yeah. Can we know. write that off? Is that, a, is that a business expense? Pretty we... sure it's not in the budget. Yeah. No, well, the pr- <laughs> yeah, the proceeds from season three definitely will not cover that. You know, if anyone wants to donate <laughs> for the cause. Uh, well, hopefully FIFA will see you on the, well, we'll hear you on the show sometime soon. Keep listening. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I'm sure FIFA's got some amazing tales to tell. And thank you, Riff Raff. That's a great suggestion. We were on your tail there with that one. All right, digging into the mailbag here. Next we have from Wes in Daytona, Florida. Says, with Brian Johnson's love of cars, as a race car driver, a collector, and all-around enthusiast, I'm sure there's a professional driver who's been influenced by ACDC who belongs as a guest on your show. Mm. Would love to hear an episode where you put one of these personalities in the driver's seat. <laughs> oh. well, first off, Wes, great question. Second. We got a pun jar here, so if you if you have a bad pun, you owe the jar a dollar. Just letting you know, we tend to pun a lot. Yes, we do. Well, the quick answer is yes. You know, we've we've actually interviewed a professional driver. We haven't gotten around to releasing that interview yet uh, until now. Until now, 
Yeah, that's right. We set off to the capital of NASCAR, which is Charlotte, North Carolina, to interview all-star professional stock car racer Clint Boyer, who cited ACDC as his go-to band of choice to listen to while going around the track. What is it, 200 miles an hour? Something like that? About fast, really fast, damn fast. And you know, Clint, professional driver for NASCAR, he's uh, competed in the NASCAR Cup Series from 2005 to uh, 2020, winning multiple cups throughout his career. And he's now an analyst for Fox Sports NASCAR coverage, which is great. So we we get to see him and hear him. Uh, We caught up with Clint a while back, and uh, he was doing a photo shoot, and we captured his interview right outside the track. Uh, He was wearing his 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 flame retardant suit. And uh, he loved talking about ACDC. It was, it was a really fun afternoon with Clint. That was cool. It was like a bright yellow, was it Cheerios or something? Cheerios, I think it was the, mm-hmm. the, the major sponsor that year for him. He, he went from Jack Daniels to Cheerios, which is pretty rough. I, yeah. you know. Sometimes you put a little Jack Daniels in your Cheerios. Do both. Well, I remember Dale Earnhardt Jr. walking by us while we were doing oh, the yeah. interview. That's right. He looked kind of jealous, like he wasn't being interviewed about ACDC. So <laughs> too bad, Dale. Maybe next yeah. time. All right. Should we uh, should we roll a little bit of Clint Boyer here? You guys ready? Yeah, man. All right. Here we Let's go. Do it. I'm not going to uh, lie to you. If my dad had an influence on me, it'd be in... Uh, Elvis and George Jones and old ass country music. But, you know, the first time that I remember, you know, here in ACDC where it made an impact was, you know, growing up racing motocross in the arena cross days, uh, that's how they got the house rocking. You know, you get everybody pumped up in the stands and turn on a little ACDC and everybody's ready to rock. Well, I just think it's a, you know, a perfect song to get everybody amped up, you know. Uh, um, what better song to, to introduce you know, 200 mile an hour cars racing each other around a track in ACDC. Clint Boyer wins Martinsville. I think everybody across the board, you know, is is an ACDC fan one way or another. I mean, it's uh, um, everybody has their own songs that they like, you know, whatever else. But uh, um, nonetheless, it's always ACDC that that uh, gets you pumped up and ready to rock. My coach driver's huge ACDC fan. He got me uh, the live uh, from Donington Park, the live um, uh, album, and it's, it, it usually jams out pretty good in the motorhome before you get out there. I just think. Um, you know, there's only a handful of, of bands that ever been able to do that, to, you know, rise up above the rest. And, you know, I think, um, you know, ACDC, Aerosmith, you know, th- those type of bands come to mind, Guns N' Roses, you know. But only the, the you know, ACDC, those old ones that, that were the classics and, and, you know, are still able to rock the house even today, uh, no matter what age or what age group that they're playing for. That's what's, what separates them, you know, the men from the boys, is, is being able to have, you know, more than one iconic song that, that everybody can relate to in one form or another in, in whatever sport it is, whatever you know venue you're, you're, you're at, 
those songs always carry out more than the rest. You know, I like them all. That's what's good about, you know, their music is relate to all of them, remember all of them. You know, that's the thing, even at, at my age, um, dating back to their oldest songs, you know, you, you can sing every word of every song, you know, and anybody you're with in whatever crowd can do that. And there's not many, you know, uh, um, bands or, or groups that are able to accomplish that, you know, over the years like they have. You know, again, getting back to ACDC and, and, you know, the impact that it's made in, in people's lives, just like you said, you know, country singers, they know ACDC, they love ACDC and they can play it, you know, uh, um, it just, you know, everybody has, you know, um, relates to it in a little bit different way, no matter what, who it is and what lifestyle they have, everybody's an ACDC fan. Hell, that's the way you get everybody pumped up, turn on a little ACDC and get the house rocking. Badass. That's easy, man. That's it, it, they're just they're a badass group. <laughs> that was his one word, right? Badass. <laughs> cool. Well, there you go. I mean, it all it all always circles back to ACDC somehow. Was that a pun? Oh my God, it was. <laughs> Do I owe the jar a dollar? <laughs> that was punishingly bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have to I have to remember that I asked a question about Will Ferrell's. Talladega Nights. He was not impressed <laughs> with that movie, that. right? He was. Yeah. He that didn't over, like it. That went over like a lead balloon, man. <laughs> oh man! I mean, honestly, NASCAR is like one big, huge family, and uh, it's always welcoming to talk to them, and and they're always excited about to talk about ACDC. And uh, Clint was no different, and and just to prove that everything circles back to ACDC and Kurt's life, uh, <laughs> Brian Johnson's series Cars That Rock filmed Brian Johnson driving a NASCAR. And that NASCAR happened to be the same car that was sponsored by one of our clients, Twisted T. And it was the Twisted T number nine car. Do you remember that, Kurt? I do. And now, as a client, we're using TNT as the campaign song. So it just keeps yeah. circling around. I love it. It's almost like ACDC circling around you, Kurt. <laughs> I think. I th <laughs> I th yeah. I don't know if it's a sickness or what. You guys got to help me. That's why we're doing the show. We're trying to figure out why. It's all for fun, man. It's all for fun. <laughs> well, just as an aside, that musical interlude used there was ACDC's Wheels, in case you didn't know it, off the Black Ice LP. And that was written by Angus and Malcolm as a little tribute to Brian Johnson's love of fast cars. By the way, in keeping with fast vehicles, we did have a related letter that came in from a Justin Temme who wanted to pitch the idea of having Motorsports Hall of Fame member and World Superbike champion Flying Fred Merkel on the show, who wears the ACDC lyric, If You Want Blood, You've Got It, on the back of his helmet. Nice. Yeah. So thanks for that suggestion, Justin. We enjoy these letters and suggestions, so keep them coming. Like this one from Kyle Hopkins and Tom Campagnoli in Australia. Hello, ACDC Beyond the Thunder. I'm writing to you because we've been listening to your show lately and loving it. I co-host and co-produce a fledgling podcast <laughs> yeah, called Wax Audio Show with my production partner and friend Tom. We're huge ACDC fans, and we've published two episodes on the career of Mutt Lang. I thought you'd be interested in listening to it. Congrats again on your show and all the work you've put into it. My group of friends have all been binging on it lately. We thought we knew everything about ACDC, but we still picked up a few new things. All the best. Rock. 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 <laughs> that's really nice that's really nice uh so so we did check out your episodes called the story of mutt lang part one and two 
on the Wax Audio podcast. And if you haven't listened to it, we highly recommend it. Well, well, thank you, Kyle and Tom. Uh, you know, we recommend that everyone goes and checks out your, your podcast, Wax Audio. It's really well produced and meticulously researched mm-hmm. and written. Fun listen. Anyone who wants something else to put in their queue, I, we highly recommend it. Yeah. It's important to note, too, Kyle's co-host and co-producer, Tom, also produces video for the Sydney Morning Herald, and he made this yeah. excellent feature on Sydney's forgotten ACDC history. So you can check that out on YouTube. It's a great watch. There's plug number two, guys. And plug number three. In case you didn't know this, Wax Audio production partners have put out some of the most tremendous mashups ever created. You got to listen to them. They're awesome. Yes. And they've racked up some serious numbers and gained tremendous attention. Uh, Their production mixing is spot on. And their videos, super entertaining. Love it. So check it out. Yeah. I mean, their mashups have toured the world as... um the intro tape for Black Label Society's live shows right. been talked about by Rob Halford and Jimmy Page, covered by Dave Matthews' band, and even inspired Madonna to learn how to play a Zeppelin riff on guitar. What? Which was shared on social media. Remember Thunderbusters, where they combined Thunderstruck with Ghostbusters? Yes. Or how about this one, where ACDC meets fellow Aussies, the Bee Gees? Awesome. I mean, some people say you shouldn't mess with ACDC's music, but... These guys somehow pull it off, and it's it's pretty amazing. It is. Let's check it out. I just wanted to note that those two tracks were relatively close in year, like 77 to mm. eight, 78, 80. So do you think the Bee Gees influenced Malcolm Young to write that riff? <laughs> That's my question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're onto something. Happen. Those guys Could are awesome, happen. though. We're... I think Malcolm was more into ABBA at the time. So. <laughs> well, there are four big capital letters. <laughs> That's right. So There you go. Who'd have thought the Bee Gees and ACDC would be like chocolate and peanut butter? Seriously. These mashups take on a life of their own, and I absolutely implore you guys to take a listen to Wax Audio. They're, they are uh, phenomenal at what they do. Really good stuff, yeah. Okay, letter number seven comes from Mark in Sweden. Mark says, the podcast is extremely good. I re-listen to them all the time, especially the episode with Lee Robinson. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Killer job. Love the Susan Messino episode too. She has great insight into the band. Thanks for an awesome podcast. As a man who digests everything about ACDC, it's a great place to be and listen to. Oh, that's nice, Mark. Actually, this cat, he is also an avid ACDC Twivia daily contestant. 
And for those of you who don't know, since 2009, we concurrently run an ACDC trivia site on Twitter. Has it been that long, 2009? Damn. Getting old. It's called ACDC Twivia, where we ask fans around the globe one ACDC trivia question a day, every day. Why? I don't know why. We just do it. I really don't. It just gets me out of bed every day, and uh, I enjoy doing it, and I enjoy sharing ACDC knowledge with the world. So Yeah, I got to give you all the credit for that, Kurt. I mean, you're up at 3 in the morning writing questions sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I see what time you post your Twitter, and you it's do? all hours of the day. Yeah. It's it, You're insane. You're insane. You know, the, the cool thing that you do, too, is is sometimes you will run a little contest and, and give out prizes. And, and I think the last gift that was, you know, the prize that was sent out was actually a Beyond the Thunder exclusive hoodie sweatshirt. That's right. Created by Greg Ferguson. That was awesome And guess merch. who won? It was Mark who won that. That's so. right. That's right. He, he's Thank the only one who owns one. <laughs> It's one of a kind. <laughs> yeah. You too can win. Thanks for your kind words, Mark, and ultimate fandom. And check out ACDC Twivia on Twitter, everyone. We need more swag, guys. Yeah, we need to order more swag. Let's do it. We have cool hats that Greg made, too. We only have five. <laughs> They're really expensive. <laughs> they are super expensive. <laughs> Last question. Okay, what do we got? All right. So, yeah. So, Nora from Cork, Ireland says, Hi, guys. I wanted to say that I really appreciate the wide variety of unexpected guests on your show. It makes me feel even more connected to this community of ACDC fans. What was the most unexpected or silliest interview you've ever done, but still true fans of the band? That's a great question. I mean, we've had fun on all our interviews. Um, the silliest, I'm not sure. We, we interviewed uh, the SNL alum, Jim Brewer. That yes. was pretty fun. I mean, that guy's, that guy's hilarious. Nonstop. Joke after Silly? joke. I don't know. What do you think, Kurt? Uh, yeah, we, as far as comedians, we, we also did uh, an interview with Bob Marley, not as well known, but he was in the film uh, Boondock Saints, which is more of a cult classic. It's a great film. But he was pretty funny, but it was unreleased, so it wasn't that one. We haven't released that one yet. And speaking of unreleased, Kurt, I think we have one more that was pretty silly. I think you know who it is. The Wiggles. The Wiggles. Yes, the Wiggles. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I wasn't at that one. That was one of the few that I was not participating in, but Greg, you were, so you're going to have to give us the beans on this one. I know it was in New Hampshire, I think. That's right. We tracked down the Australian Children's Music Group, and uh, while they were touring in the States, and like ACDC, they're one of the top-earning entertainers from Australia, and uh, they have multiple gold, platinum, and double records. It's pretty astounding. A, a, a children's group has, has done this. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Jim Brewer, Greg, and I think he was responsible for us coming up with this idea because during his interview, he referenced the Wiggles as ACDC is Wiggles for adults. And we were like, what? And they, you know, we went with it and then we looked into it and we we're like, oh my God, they actually perform a couple of ACDC songs. We got to track these guys down. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, we caught up with them. We walked in during one of their sound checks and uh, in this arena, like it's an arena almost the size that ACDC would play, sold out for the night. Wow. So, you know, it's going to be filled with with kids and, and their parents. They were on stage. We walked up, we got them mic'd up and like they instinctively got into their little red car for the interview. So there's like, <laughs> there's like four guys and the pirate. 
they're all stacked in this little car. How many how many wiggles are there? Is it four? Four or five. Yeah. There's four and, a, and so there was a pirate So they instinctively guy. just get into their car. And, you know, all of them all of them get in the car. There's the pirate there. And we just like, okay, I guess we're doing an interview like this. And they were great. They were, they were so fun. Love ACDC music. Love talking about Australia. And uh, they actually even performed ACDC song for us, which was pretty cool. They, they played Long Way to the Top. And although there's been a lot of iterations of the Wiggles over the years, uh, this was actually one of the classic lineups. So I'm really glad that we got to catch up with them and, and talk with them. All right. So let's dig into the archive for this silly and exclusive interview with the Wiggles. Yes. Well, anyone who grew, grows up in Australia, you know, you, you learn about the culture of Australia. You learn about, you know, the animals. And you learn about ACDC. They're part of our, they're part of the blood. They're part of the, they're part of being Australian. Uh, Akadaka. Everybody loves them. I remember the first time I saw them was on this uh, TV show called Countdown. It was on every Sunday night, and that was kind of everyone watched that. And the next day at school, everyone's going, "Oh, did you see that band ACDC? They were doing um, uh, Baby Please Don't Go." And uh, Bon Scott was dressed um, as a schoolgirl, and I think um, <laughs> Angus was dressed as Zorro. <laughs> it was fantastic. I was about 15, and uh, we just loved it. I saw them in Sydney at uh, Victoria Park, mid-70s. It was the Move Milk um, uh, concert, and it was, it was fantastic. I was just blown away. Oh, I, I've unfortunately never seen them live, but I do remember the first time I saw Angus playing the guitar one-handed, it just blew my mind. I couldn't understand how that, was, how that happened. But the great thing was when they, when they started, they just played everywhere. I lived in a country town, and, and um, they came through a couple of times. I saw them a couple of times there. And, and um, I remember Bon Scott walking down the main street of this town, and he was just followed by all these teenagers. It was like, <laughs> he was like the Pied Piper. It was really cool. How about you, Captain? Yeah, they even played in Adelaide. That's <laughs> <laughs> where the captain's from. Here's a little-known fact. I played in a, a rock band in the mid-'70s, a classical rock band, and the drummer actually went for an audition for Akadaka. There you go. He, did, he didn't get that's, it. That's, that's a pretty tenuous connection. Yes. <laughs> ACDC are an inspiring uh, band for us because they uh, came out of Australia and basically conquered the world. And, you know, the terrible loss of Bond, they, they uh, reformed, regrouped and with Brian. And that, their success has just grown and grown and they've always stay true to what they do and you know that you know they're not putting it on they they really are acdc that's that that the true rock and roll and i think what's also good is from everything you hear hear about them is that um is that they're still really down to earth like ordinary guys you know they're not um even though they're like some of the hugest rock stars in the world you know um people see angus or malcolm around the streets and you can just go and say good day and and uh you know, they're still down to earth ordinary guys. And we've heard that from crews who've worked with them too, that they're really friendly. They, they talk to all the crew. They're not, they don't put on airs. They don't, it's not like us and them. They're really just ordinary guys. There's actually, a, there is a street in, in Melbourne, and a friend of mine owns a, a bar and it's this little lane, but it's called ACDC Lane and they, and they changed it. The, the, the local council changed it officially and it's, but they keep stealing the signs all the time. People steal the signs. And, uh, and also it just says ACDC, but, um, People quite often get up there with a Sharpie and, and uh, put in the little th- thunderbolt. <laughs> you, you know, it's true. In Australia, when um, we have people come from other countries to live in Australia, when they become citizens of Australia, they're given their uh, you know, citizenship papers and a black ACDC T-shirt. <laughs> that's, our, that's our part of the country. They're, they're, they're Australia. 
But it's amazing how many bands too in Australia. It's kind of the Australian rock sound in a way. There's lots of bands that sound a bit like that or are yeah. influenced by them. Um, you know, Raz Tattoo, The Angels, big bands that were big in, through the 80s, um, really influenced by ACDC. It's kind of pretty tough, like hard guitars, but um, but not really heavy metal. More And there's kind of a larrikin, what we call a larrikinism, where you know, Bon Scott was a real larrikin. You know, he had that mischievous grin and he, he looked like... He, he was lovable, but kind of up to no good, and uh, and I think that's that's really permeated. Well, that's that's really part of Australian culture, and it's really part of the rock culture as well. I think. Uh, my favourite song would have to be Jailbreak because when I was in year eight at school, uh, the whole class. One time, the teacher went outside, and everyone started going Jailbreak, and <laughs> we wanted to make a break from the jail or the class. <laughs> I think. Um, Probably TNT yeah, or, high vol- or High Voltage I, I love too, I thought that was great. Well, we, do, we, um, we have a lot of different styles of music that we do and, and lots of different influences, but a lot of it comes from sort of roots music like the blues and, and rock and roll, and that's really where they're coming from. So even though it mightn't be that direct or it mightn't seem that obvious, um, you know, I know that the, um, Angus and Malcolm are really big into the blues, and we have sort of elements of that in, in what we do. And we have a lot of uh, music from, dif- well, we have music from different cultures, that's not so much, but, but more from the blues and rock and roll, which uh, a lot of uh, what we do comes from. And we've used um, different instruments in our, all our songs, and they use bagpipes, <laughs> we've used bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> they use guitars, we, we, we use, use guitars. guitars. <laughs> Oh man, those guys were so fun to hang out with. Kurt, I wish you were there. I did too. It was a blast. I know we, we had to kind of cut it short because they did have a show that night and they were selling out that arena. So they had to get get back to work. And uh, before we close the show, I just want to say thank you to you guys for another fun season with Beyond the Thunder and, and uh, getting some great interviews under our belt and talking to a lot of people about ACDC and just kind of sharing the gospel. Yeah, and thanks, listeners, for uh, writing in and with your suggestions and your kind words. Very cool. And we promise to get you some more good stuff when we can find time. It's, uh, it is time-consuming, and, uh, we, but we love doing it. All right. Why don't we wrap up Season 3 of Beyond the Thunder with a little bit of the Wiggles playing It's a Long Way to the Top. So today... It's without the stylophone. Without the stylophone, but the captain's magic buttons. He can play uh, guitar. So the stylophone was doing the bagpipe part in Long Way yeah. to the Top. So um, maybe you just go back to bagpipes. Bagpipes. Yeah. You get Which will sound very much like the guitar and, and the, the stylophone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to do a juggle uh, just to be entertaining. <laughs> I'll play the solos on. I'll play on these cups. Rhythm right, section. Here we go. Yeah, Take two. Oh, right. Driving down the highway Heading to a show Stopping in the byways Playing rock and roll Getting old, getting gray Getting ripped off, underpaid Getting took, getting had I tell you folks, it's harder than it looks It's a long way to the top It's a long way to the top If you think it's hard playing one night stands Try playing in a rock and roll band It's a long way to the top 
Give it a bag by the solo captain. I'm ready. I'm going to juggle miniature pumpkins. You ready? Here we go. Yeah. It's a long way to the top. ACDC Beyond the Thunder theme song, Trailer Trash, written and performed by Gannon Arnold. VO Talent by Bruce Jacobson. Cinematography and sound recording by Greg Ferguson. Edited and mixed by Eric Keel. Written, directed, and hosted by Kurt Squires. Produced by Greg Ferguson, Eric Keel, and Kurt Squires. ACDC Beyond the Thunder is a Squires LLC current motion production. Copyright Beyond the Thunder podcast, all rights reserved. This has been a Nat Attack presentation. Button and who nana.